everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and you know, Master John, Lord Bella, Johnny Hotcakes, Fire Breathing Dragon. Yay! Me! <laughs> <laughs> You that said is, fire. That is so masculine, John. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> so sexy. Listen, it's Tuesday, and as promised, I'm actually going to tell you about the weekend I had <gasps> that we talked about before I went on the weekend. Really? So we went to Naughty Nolan's. You did, I know. Had a great time. Still recovering. Partner's still recovering. She's been in bed all day. But we, I pulled out a couple surprises on her while we were there. When we were alone, did a couple things. Mm-hmm. She found out real quick. Don't put shit on your profile because John's gonna read your profile and you're gonna get fucked up. Oh yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> As your balls shake when you say that. And that's why oh. she's still in fucking bed. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You call that fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah. She did. She fucked around and she found out. Don't take me to Naughty Nolan to put some shit on your profile saying I want this and this. Because she got this and that. She got them both. At the same time. It was awesome. Am I sensing some DP? No. Oh, I thought it was like double penetration. See, you were thinking double penetration. You haven't read her profile. (laughs) I've read her profile. And Adel is not on it. No. No, But I was hoping. That's a hard limit. I was hoping. No, we we went to the rave two nights in a row. (laughs) She found out I could dance. Mm -hmm. She also found out I couldn't do it two nights in a row. (laughs) But she did it two nights in a row. I'm just looking at her like, ow. It just hurt me to watch her sometimes. Because I would try, and it just hurt. So, here's the thing. (laughs) I saw a video of you dancing drunk from last year. Yeah. Yeah, that was the white man shuffle. Yeah, that wasn't a rave. It wasn't. And then when she said that you can dance, I thought, well, you know, I thought John could dance. I mean, he was married to three sexy black women. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I, okay. Come on. We went, we went to one party, <laughs> and it was DJ Tony, and he was playing the music, and I fucking, I showed her I could dance. Yeah. I could. <laughs> can't dance to white people music, but oh. I can dance. And then we That's went to the EDM rave, and she found out I could jump up and down with her, and I could dance there too. That made her happy. Wow! Because you know she did. Well, she wasn't sure, and she found out. Oh, he can keep up with me. Made me real happy. We met a lot of nice couples. You know, Naughty Nolans is a is a swingers party. There's about twenty two hundred people there, so eleven hundred couples. We met a few. We had lunch with a couple. We went to the crystal shop with a couple. Um, we had, we went to the bar. The waitress was fucking hot. Or the bartender, God, she was fucking hot. <laughs> so we both flirted with her. We had a good time. We had a really good time. Went to a pool party. She, she had a good time up there. <laughs> she sent you a picture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we didn't, you know, there's so much going on. You can't really do it all. So we, we did what we could and we just... What we really did was just enjoyed our time together. And that was the important part. So it was fun. That's sweet. Came back with some good ideas. That's great. We ended up at Colette for a little bit. That was fun. We watched some freaky shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. So speaking of freaky shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, not at all. So we bring a special guest tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone that's worked with us for a long time behind the scenes. Yeah. But in the lifestyle, um, we want to hear the story. So Absolutely. We love welcome. hearing people's stories. Welcome, Kit Bond. Kit Bond. Do you have a license to kill or a license to thrill? Oh, man, that's incriminating. I don't know if I can answer that. <laughs> so but you're a sub, so license yeah. to thrill, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, we'll call you it that. You want Dom to kill you. You don't want to kill anybody. Well, you know, you can throw to the point that it's almost like, you know, you're killing them. You know. <laughs> You could throw him to death, I think. <laughs> so she has skills, is what she's telling me. Yeah. So John, <laughs> John and I interviewed um, a witch and a bitch, mm-hmm. Rob, right? So Rob told us, Rob's a very good friend of ours. Oh, yeah. Love Rob. And, you know, he listens to multiple podcasts. He listens to our podcast. He loves our podcast, and we love Rob. Rob's idea, he said to us, he's like, you know, John, Mia... You need to get real people as guests so that they can tell their BDSM story. Right. So immediately I thought, and what he we're going to bring Kit. Everyone has a story. Isn't everyone has a story. Yeah, they do. It doesn't matter how famous you are. That's right. I don't know. I'm pretty fucking famous. People know you. <laughs> I know you. So that's a big deal. <laughs> so tell us, how did it all begin? With boredom. Um, so, uh, let's see. We were in 2016. Yeah, almost 10 years ago. So, we were in 2016. I have to imagine I was 23 years old. And um, <laughs> it developed a nasty little habit when I was in the Navy. <laughs> See, the military. You always like the military guys. Mm-hmm. The military will fuck you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. They will break you down, uh, won't they? Yeah, some... Uh, that's some interesting people in the military. And, um... You know, that, that's where I learned a lot of my bad habits. <laughs> it's the military. Okay, just... Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. So we don't get too far before I forget. But... <clears throat> Do you find that being in the military and being in boot camp and then breaking you down, do you find that that creates submissiveness in people? No, not at all. You don't think so? You feel like Mm-mm. it was a, it's a trait that you either have or you don't have? Uh, yeah. I mean, especially since we can dissociate easily between um, our fetishes and our vanilla personas. Right. Because I know in boot camp, they break you down mm-hmm. and they, they teach you how to follow orders. Yeah, but, you know, that that goes along with the idea that you know, like these special operators must come out highly submissive because their training is extremely intense. Right. You know? But they're also in charge. Oh, yeah, they're in charge. They know they're how to not orders, but they also know how to give orders. <laughs> I would say a lot of them just kind of do their own fucking thing, <laughs> regardless of the orders sometimes. <laughs> so you don't think it really changes a person's uh, basic instinct? that they already have it just teaches them how to follow orders in the moment either you're already a submissive or you're already a dominant uh, yeah I mean yeah I mean those things can be internal I mean like you know just innate in you I think that's that's what I'm trying to say is they're innate 
But yeah, no, I think I think boot camp accomplishes a totally different goal than just follow orders. <laughs> I think okay. that it just it breaks down what whatever selfish intent you have left because you have to work as a team. You're forced to work in uncomfortable situations. You're forced to like kind of come together and hate a certain situation because it equally sucks among all of you. Um, and you're taught that it's very important that if one of you screws up, all of you are screwed up. So I don't think it really revolves around just following orders. It's just, hey, we're not on our own program anymore. You're not a civilian anymore. Your actions have some serious consequences for your entire team. You know, so no, I, I don't really think there's a big overlap between whether you're a dom or a sub related to your military experience. Okay. I was just asking because we have a lot of people that come to see us that are military. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that's, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. because it's, it's a big military town. So there's a lot of. Yeah, I, I just think that that's just coincidental. Yeah. It's okay. a big retirement town for the military. So you were in the military you, you, and you found yourself. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. I uh, I absolutely found a whole lot of anger when I was in the military that I probably never really let go. But I guess that's a story for another day. Um, so I met a really awesome person, who is now my brother. Um, and he you know he had street smarts that I didn't have. <laughs> I was book smart. So I was afraid of everything. You know, I was afraid of, ooh, is that breaking the rule? Is that okay? Is this... Um, I became a little more apathetic about certain things. I, I just basically became more of a party person, more relaxed. and like, yeah, I just want to have a good time with this person. So, suffice to say, we used to go to nightclubs a lot. And I mean a lot. Um, and uh, it was... <laughs> kind of a game to me to go out to nightclubs and see how many people would ask for my phone number. (laughs) It's kind of flattering. (laughs) Um, But the dark reality of that is it did it because I kind of needed the validation because I was in a really unfulfilling relationship. You know, I really didn't believe my ex cared about me very much. Um, and it was nice to have people go up to me and be like, hey, you know, you're interesting. You want, do you want my number? Can I get your number? Of course, I was stupid and naive and conflated the fact they wanted my number with that they're personally interested in me. And that's a totally different lesson for another day. <laughs> so, um... You know, as you know, you, you know, you do something enough and you do become bored. I became bored with the nightclub scene. I became bored with, you know, uh, there's a specific game you play <laughs> when you go to a nightclub. Um, and uh, I, I realized I became interested in what most people call edge play. Now, I have a different definition of edge play. It doesn't mean putting a knife to my throat. Um, it, it can mean a very elaborate scene that involves situations where you experience extremely heightened levels of vulnerability and that that could be a lot of things that's a huge umbrella for me i liked going out um and trying to see i know this sounds so weird trying to see if really creepy guys would try to predate me okay i liked the struggle 
I like the idea of, oh, look at you looking at me as a five foot two girl and you think I'm alone and I have no ability to protect myself. That's cute. You know, it was a rush for me. Uh, probably wasn't a good thing for me to do, but I went there mostly for that. Then, you know, like I don't dance and <laughs> I can't ever seem to reach a certain level of intoxication where I truly feel like I'm intoxicated. So <sighs> it was, it was kind of weird. Um, the things that underpin that is I was assaulted while I was in the military. And I think in a weird way, I realize this now in a weird way, I think I was trying to relive a scenario where someone had the upper hand, I was alone, and I wasn't suspecting violence. Only this time, I'm more prepared. I'm reliving it. Right. So you you identify as a submissive. Mm -hmm. So you like, is it the vulnerability that you're looking for? You're looking to feel vulnerable? Or are you looking to feel like, I'm pretending to be vulnerable, but I'm still in charge? Um, no, I, I do like to give control over to someone else. Um, <laughs> a lot of that comes down to laziness, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I, I don't, I never like to top anybody. I never liked it, even when I was vanilla. If it was a stupid one night stand, you know, I was definitely that person that was on the bottom, even before I knew top, bottom, all that. Right. It didn't mean anything to me at the time, but, you know, going back to the boredom aspect, that became boring after a while. One Night Sands, it lasted like 15 minutes, okay? Like, there was no, there was no dynamic there. Wow. <laughs> 15 minutes? <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even start a foreplay yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And people in the lifestyle, they understand the concept of foreplay. <laughs> right. You know? Um, in, in my experience, you know, I realized a lot of guys, they, they don't... Um, they're in it to basically what we call hit it and quit it. That's it. You're basically a glorified fleshlight. Nothing cool about that. It's just boring. So, yeah, I like to relive situations where if this person gets violent with me or I feel like they're acting predatory, I have a completely valid license to react to meet that violence. Probably doesn't sound great. But that's the reality of it. Um, and, and of course, I didn't know that that was a form of edge play. To have a scene and you two are just like playing this weird, dangerous game with each other. Um, granted, the other party had no idea what was going on. But to me, it was a scene. You know. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I identified as a sub well before I even knew what BDSM was. Mostly because I... I'm horribly lazy. I, I won't... I've told you this before, Mio. You know, I get on top of a guy, and I'm telling you right now, I lost maybe like two minutes or something. My uh, my hip goes out bad sometimes. I don't know what's going on with that. But the physical stuff aside, I like to just let go. I like to just let that person take the reins. And it makes them happy too. It makes them happy that this is a situation where they can have absolute control and they ordinarily wouldn't in their life, like vanilla lifestyle. So. No, it says what you were talking about earlier when you're in the lifestyle, <clears throat> excuse me, before you were in the lifestyle and you were at the bar and it was more like a mental cat and mouse game. Yeah. You were basically 
like wanting them to challenge you in a sense. Well, well okay, so there's a <laughs> there's a social aspect to this that um, was probably difficult to unpack. But the idea is, if they're gonna try and predate me, a person who you know has like uh, really not intimidating physical features, I think um, they're gonna do it to someone else. And I prefer them to do it to me, a person who's expecting it and ready to take it on, than do it to someone who's not suspecting it and they don't know how to protect themselves and, like, they're more likely to get hurt. You know, I liked the idea of harming guys who want to harm other people. Wow. That's interesting, Basically, isn't it? So the idea of harming someone is more of a dom role than a submissive role, I would think. But she's talking about taking... Taking that from someone else, taking a potential taking the pain. Power away. Yeah, but taking the pain from a potential victim okay. yeah. and protecting them. Yeah, I don't think in this case my role as a sub really plays a part. This is basically leading up to what are what's my background what what I okay. would call edge play. Okay. So this is yeah. you haven't really gotten to PDSM yet. No, this is BDSM to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can take the pain. Another person probably isn't even expecting it, let alone able to handle it. But do you, you enjoy know? the pain? Does, I, it, I mean, does it give you enjoyment? I enjoy the physical stimulation of it a lot, um, unless it's really specific situations like um, like what I call impact plays, like <laughs> what we experience in martial arts. That's impact to me. You know, I will sit there and look pretty with someone hitting me with a flogger because it amuses them. But it doesn't really do anything for me, unless you've got a certain, like, story going on. Right. So it's not the no. pain that you're looking for. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the taking it for someone else. It's all about the context. Being, being this said for someone <laughs> else. Yeah. All about the context, which, by the way, makes play very difficult for me. Because a lot of people, at least in my experience, in my general vicinity... They're all about, it seems like they're all about going through the motions. Here, here, I'm going to beat you. Okay, but my question to you is, why? Exactly. And that's the first question I feel like someone should ask. Why are we doing this? What are we hoping to gain from this? Absolutely. How are we becoming better from this experience? Mm -hmm. Not, let's just do this just because this is what we're supposed to do and nobody got anything out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it at all. And no one's been able to pick up on that except for my current dom. So, um, yes, I started off what you would call submissive because I did not like to get on top of a man. I was lazy, to be honest with you. Um, and honestly, like, the physicality of it made more sense. I feel like I get more sexual gratification from the angle at which, you know, penetration is happening when the man is on top. It just feels better to me. You know, I don't know if other women experience that, but... It's just a different situation when you're on top. It's just not as good. Get the pile drive in. <laughs> it just feels better. Put the leg behind her neck, behind her hair, push him down, and just like, it's coming, baby. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> The viewers or the listeners could have seen that. Yeah, I just don't want the visual. Take it. I imagine play with you has got to be fucking epic. Oh god, well, one person <laughs> described it like he fucks like a machine. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a pretty good description. <laughs> Look, oh my god, mine does too. And it's like I have to remind him, can we please use some lube? 
we're starting to dry up here, you know. <laughs> I smell the smoke coming up. You know, he's a machine. I can't keep up with him. I can't. I think I've said that before. Like, hey, look, I've that got some... That just makes you like shit. Oh, he's very sexually driven. Um, <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm entertaining the idea of, can I, maybe I can get you a little pet or something, you know? Like a little sob, just... <laughs> You know, someone to take it for me for a minute. I need someone to take the aggro. You know, so she went from taking it for someone else to like, can yeah. somebody take it for me, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, you got me good with that. Wow. Well, okay. yeah. well, you found a good one then. So, what led you to that point? Yeah. So it was um, uh, probably <laughs> really obvious. So. I had a friend that I was really close to for a number of years that apparently was a dom, and I didn't know this. And uh, I was telling him about how these one-night stands are really unsatisfying and boring. They're starting to get... Monotonous. Monotonous, right. And and I explained to him my whole... God, I wish a motherfucker would, because I'd rather them try it on me than someone else. And, and, sure. and I was angry as fuck. You know, I had just gotten assaulted. I didn't get a day in court. To get the motherfucker in trouble for it. So in, in a weird way, it was like, come here. I know you want to assault someone. Let me work out my aggression on you. You deserve it. Yeah. Dexter vibes going on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he would tell me, have you considered BDSM? And I said, I'm sorry. I, I'm only minorly aware of what that is. You're going to have to elaborate. <laughs> uh, and he's like, well, um, it's kinky. It's weird. Mm. It's deep. And I'm like, you know, I grew up very sexually conservative. Okay? Like, I think I was caught one time by my mom masturbating. And that was the end of my life. I was just like, no, I have to change my name, dye my hair, and move to fucking Canada. Because I can't even right now. This woman saw my browsing history one time. And I literally wanted to just jump in a hole and disappear forever. You know? Um... I didn't grow up in a very sex-positive household at all. Um, and it didn't help my dad's side of the family. It was like, oh, God, highly fucking Catholic. So they were just like, no, you can't have any any pleasure at all. This is sinful. Fuck you. Go say a Hail Mary about it. You know, it was very weird. I, I didn't have a lot of friends that would talk about sex with me. So, of course, I was like, what even is BDSM? I don't know what that was. And... He was like, well, I really think you should try FetLife. And I'm like, okay, why? And he was basically like, well, it's like a kinky Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that sounds particularly toxic. But I like to people watch, so I guess I'll go and do it. I mostly made a FetLife profile because I trusted and respected him. He kept insisting, come on, just do it. Just try it for me. Go ahead and try it. And um, so that's how I ended up there. <laughs> yeah, he came out of the closet as a dom, and he, he was like... Yeah, well, I'm a dom. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I, I think I'm a sub because no, I, from what you explain, you're a sub because you like to be on the bottom, right? Obviously, yeah, you know. And he's like, and I'm like, oh God, do I have to start calling you sir? He's like, oh God, no, don't fucking do that, please. That's cringe. Because <laughs> again, that military mentality came out too, like with the whole, you know, there's a hierarchy, there's titles, there's all that, and and I think that's important too because we've talked about that a lot. Um, my, my new partner, we've talked about that a lot. The titles aren't the important part. Everybody's BDSM is going to be different. So your BDSM with that partner is different than the BDSM that you have with your partner now. Mm -hmm. and it's different than the BDSM I had with my partner. 
it doesn't make it right or wrong. It just makes it what it is to you. And I think that's important for people to understand that, yeah, there's protocols and there's things that people like to do, and that's part of their role play. But that doesn't have to be part of everyone's role play. Yeah, Kit and I had that conversation about six months ago. Yeah. You know, I think this underpins the idea of imposter syndrome in the lifestyle. Like, am I really a dumb? Am I really a sub? Am I really doing this right? Is this really safe? You know, Calling somebody starts just because that's what you're supposed to do kind of takes away from the whole thing. Absolutely. Which segues very neatly into my beginning. Um, <laughs> it was very common for um, lifestyle veterans, among all people, to ask me, are you sure you're a sub? And I got, like, really mad at that. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, first of all, I'm sure this is what I want to do. It feels right to me. And second of all, why the fuck would you ask someone that? I didn't need to be a lifestyle guru to know that that is a highly inappropriate and an unethical question. It really is. You know, it was. it's a problem. And I still see it to this day. Are you sure you're dumb? Are you sure you're a sub? Maybe you're a switch. Like, no, if I'm a switch, I, I'll know it. Yeah, it's it's like telling one of our cross-dresser friends, you know, because we talked about cross-dressers yesterday. And someone said, you know, you're really too pretty to cross-dress, you know, and that's yeah. that's hurtful. We've yeah. had people, you know, I've been called a fake dumb because somebody was upset with me. They didn't like that. I didn't like them back the way they liked me. So now I'm fake. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. I'm a fake sub if I'm not your sub. Right. That's there been my go. story the entire fucking time. You know, like, well, you're not a sub because you're not doing subby things with me. It's like, okay, it's just because I don't consent to doing that with you. You don't make me feel safe doing it with you. Yeah. You know, I need to feel that emotional security. I need to know that when we have this scene in this room right here, right now, I can walk out of this room and we'll still have mutual respect with each other. Absolutely. I, you know, we talked about it before. It just hit me really hard the best way to really explain it i'm i'm a sub but i'm not your sub i'm a slut but i'm not your slut and i think the best way to describe that is i might be a wife or a husband but i'm not your fucking wife i'm not your fucking husband mm -hmm. you know you're going to treat people differently than you're going to treat your partner mm -hmm. because you and your partner have a dynamic that you've set up that you like that you're comfortable with that is not the same as with anybody else on the planet Right. So. Yeah, and it's it's a struggle. You know, I think that we say a lot of things that I would call a mantra in the lifestyle, but no one knows what these mean because they can't really employ them in their daily lives. Like, I'm a sub, but not your sub. For whatever reason, that person that says that is still, like, antagonizing people that they want to play with. It's like, didn't you just say... They're a sub, but not your sub regarding your friend. But here you are getting mad at them that they won't be your sub. Like, I don't understand. So how did you get into your first scene? <clears throat> it depends on your definition of scene. Well, because it's I have your a, definition. I have a fascinating idea of what this is to me. Okay. A scene to me, it doesn't, it doesn't have to involve anyone touching me at all. I mean, like... Me bringing you a drink could very well be a scene, you know. And of course, I realize this is a dark black hole of a of a topic. You know, you can go into this infinitely. Uh, let's see. My my first actual scene for me in the classic sense. Okay, for simplicity's sake. Um, so when I made my profile, 
I found my current dom, who is really a master to me, um, was on accident. <laughs> I found him on accident because I had too much time on my hands and I would flip through profiles in my local area trying to figure out how FetLife works. And I found him and I was like, God, he's like awesome. You know, here he is with a picture. It was 10 years younger than he actually was. And in, in a set of armor and cosplay, and of course that appealed to me. So I reached out to him and said, wow, your cosplay is really good. I mean, did you buy it somewhere or did you make it? Or like what was involved in that? And the story goes, he really thought I was like a bot because he couldn't understand why anyone would reach out to him. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I've had that thing. Like somebody messaged me like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Are <laughs> you know, you're real? Are you like trying to advertise for something? <laughs> like your only fans. But you know, you get over that eventually and then somebody yeah. reaches out to you that really appeals to you. Yeah, he uh really thought I was a bot and of course so his his answers to me were kind of sterile, yes no, all that. And he eventually realized I'm not when we finally met up. We met up God. I was sick. And I was like you know what? I'm just going to go to Starbucks. I want to get something hot to drink and I want to get out of my house. I, I said to him on a whim, because eventually we, we used um, Kick to communicate. I said, you know, I don't know about you, but I want to get a hot drink. I'm going to go over here. And uh, I'm like, I'm very tactile. I can't, I can't stop touching things. It was a big problem. It's a big problem for me. I mean, um, it's like go to CO's. When I was in the military, just touch shit on their desk, and they'd look at me like, "Oh, I too like to live dangerously." <laughs> dangerously, yeah. You about to find out. It's like, okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's a problem. You have something in my area. I'm gonna touch it. Sorry. So, yeah, we we actually met up. I was so fucking nervous though. So you met at Starbucks. Oh yeah, we went to Starbucks near my old job, and um, I went there, and I, I really didn't think he would show up. I was just like, you know, whatever. I'm here anyways. And what's funny is I walked right past him. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Yeah, I mean, there's that's some hilarious. there's some humor in how I started. Yeah, because it's such a fucking quagmire, <laughs> right? It really is. I think a lot of people have experienced some silly situations in their in their experience. So. Um, I walked right past it because, like I said, his picture was him, like, 10 years younger. You know, he had hair, for one thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? And I didn't have hair 10 years ago, so I'm still bald. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's genetics, you know. It's, yeah. it's just he has a predisposition for it, and that's whatever. Uh, so, for one thing, here's the, you know, he's a younger guy in his picture. You know, he's obviously a little thinner. Okay, a lot thinner. <laughs> In this picture, and he had hair, and and I didn't like focus in on the fine details because it's a, it's a picture, you know. When you see someone in person, you focus in on more details on them. So I walked right past him in Starbucks, going, "Where is this fucking guy?" Like, shit! I was so embarrassed because when I finally turned around, I went, "Wait, this guy's staring at me for a reason." Damn it! And I just walked right past him. Oh, I'm off to a splendid start with my first dom. Right? Yeah. I go up to him and I'm like, "Are you?" He goes, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay, all right." Well, you know, I'm like blushing and everything because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now, but I'm gonna try. Because <laughs> remember, you know, I didn't know anything about it. No one mentored me. No one primed me. 
I'm under the impression, I need to start calling this guy, sir. I need to be really, really, like, careful with everything I do. You know, it was kind of weird. So I was nervous as hell. <clears throat> so we talked. Of course, it was a nice date. Everything went great. And, um, you know, I I don't pursue. <laughs> it, it has been well known <laughs> to most of my friends and associates that if they want to play, um, I'm definitely not going to be the first one to ask. I'm very slow about it, and I like to get to know them, very much so. Because I want to make sure when we play, like, you know me. You know what's going on in my head. I know what's going on in your head. And, and also, I'm not being really reckless and playing with someone who's just going to hurt me afterwards. You know, the whole, why the fuck did I do this? Oh my god, I'm now going to put it all over FetLife that, you know, something bad happened? Like, no, I'm assessing their maturity when I do that. So I'm very slow. So with him, of course, I was slow. So we met up a few times, <clears throat> but I'll be damned. This is probably the first time <laughs> I really heavily pursued a person. And it was weird. We're over here at this shitty Applebee's. <laughs> the shitty Applebee's. Good old Applebee's. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a shithole. <laughs> shitty Applebee's, and he's enjoying his drink. I had had... I'm sorry. We'll never get a sponsorship from Applebee. <laughs> you can edit it out. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm fucking same. with you. I put that it's song on my guitar. She was like, Applebee's on a date night. <laughs> he liked it because it was local. And, you know, they had his favorite drink. And I said, all right, fine. I'll go. I don't like going to Applebee's, but I'll go for you. That's how you knew I like you. What's his favorite drink? He likes this... Um, it's kind of like a bushwhacker, but it's, it's not. It's a mudslide, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, yes. He said this drink at Applebee's. I was like, it's a fucking mudslide. He's a mudslide yes. person. He likes yeah. everything grotesquely sweet. Yeah. You know, if he thinks wine, he thinks a dessert wine. It has to be stupid sweet. It has to make your teeth hurt. Okay? <laughs> I'm not. I like a little bit of sour and, you know, whatever. Anyways, yeah. <clears throat> I'm that person that likes a smoky bourbon, smoky whiskey or something. He's just yeah. like, Ugh. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here in this shitty Applebee's. This is probably our umpteenth date, okay? And I'm over here like, what a, what a weird person. Like, this is the only guy that hasn't rushed to get in my pants. That's a novelty to me, okay? I was like, what do you want? Like, what is the deal? And I couldn't help it. So I had had a rough day at work that night. I had something go wrong with some patients, you know, mm -hmm. back when I was in medicine, medical research. It, something went horribly wrong. We lost a subject. And it was hitting me hard. I was over at uh, McGuire's getting stupid drunk to forget about it and basically just lick my wounds, so to speak. And he was asking me where I was, what I was doing. Of course, I'm liquored up. I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here thinking about you, of course. You and that glorious dick I haven't even seen yet. You know, like, <laughs> he's like, well, you should come over here to where I'm. I'm like, where's that? I'll go. I'll go wherever the fuck you want me to go. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm at Applebee's. I'm like, ah, oh, God, I thought you had good taste. Fuck. <laughs> That's funny. I went there and he's sitting there sipping his drink. And I'm like, I don't even remember how the conversation went. But something along the lines of... Are we ever gonna... He's like... Mm, if you ask nice. <laughs> like, oh, oh, if I ask nice? Oh, no, 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 no. My sweet summer child, this is not how this shit works. 
Well, I guess it is. Because he was just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we could. But and I was like, okay, can I have you? And he was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm like, oh, come on. You're going to make me. He's like, yeah. I'm like, bro. It was bad. The alcohol helped. Yes. That was my first instance of that. There he is. Right. That's 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 a good scene. Make it a bit. That was, yeah, that was the, for me, that was like setting the scene. You know what I'm saying? It really was setting the scene. It was hot to me. There was no whipping that had to happen. There was no sex that had to happen. I like that kind of stuff. You know, that being said, if you don't know me, don't be coming at me like that. Like, I'll seriously put you in your fucking place. But it was the fact that we had a mutual interest and we were building up to that. We had a trust that was established, you know. And he was just like, yeah, like, I really want to hear you say it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, I can't. He's like, well, why not? I'm like, um, I don't know. I guess I'm just, like, really shy, you know. <laughs> I'm not used to that. <laughs> And it would have happened. The alcohol helped a lot. I'll say that. <laughs> Clearly. I was like, can I please have you, you know? And and yeah, you know, he eventually gave and he's like, okay. <laughs> you know how he is. And we go to like, uh, we went to a hotel and I got to say, I've never been more terrified in my life when it came to an intimate situation. I was terrified. I was at this hotel asking myself, what the fuck am I doing? What am I, what did I agree to? We're over there. And I'm panicking internally, but I'm doing a great job keeping a fucking poker face on. The poor guy probably thinks everything's great and everything like that. And I'm over here like, oh my God, where am I? What place is this called? Why do I keep forgetting the fucking place? What's the name of this person at the desk? What the fuck is going on? So I do when I panic. I start taking details. I couldn't remember the name of the hotel. They saved my life. I know it now, but you know. He could sense my panic, and I'm following him into the the elevator, and I'm panicking in my head. I'm going, oh my god, I literally can't hear anything but my own pulse in my ears, you know? And he suddenly grabbed me and kissed me. I'm like, oh, okay, this is familiar. (laughs) This is okay. I like this. This is unlike any other kiss we had. We were doing like little pecks here and there. It was kind of weird. But yeah, it was kind of weird. It was just like, do you want to kiss me or not? Do I have bad breath? What the fuck's going on? You know, he kissed me in a way I've never been kissed before. I mean, this was primal. This was like, come here, you know? Like, wow, I like this. Let's do it again. (laughs) And he kissed me until we got to the floor. So the post hoc observation of all this, by the way, is it's not as hot as you think it is. There was real reasons why he did these things. So first of all, with the begging thing, he wanted to get enthusiastic consent. Wasn't a scene to him. He wanted to make sure I wasn't going to claim he raped me. Okay. Because I told him I had been assaulted in my past and he was just like, okay, how fragile are you? (laughs) Um, and as far as the elevator thing goes, he sensed that I was really scared and he just wanted to take my mind off of it. You know, there's nothing romantic about what happened. He was just like, you know, setting the stage, I guess. We get to the room and I got to tell you, I forgot how to be, if that makes sense. I was like, oh, I know we're in a hotel room. I just don't know what to do from here. <laughs> I've never, it felt like I was a virgin all over again. Wow. Yeah, I really felt like it. I felt dumb. Really dumb. 
Wow. And I stood there, like, in the hallway of the door. I just stood there. And he just kind of, like, <laughs> laughed at me. Because <laughs> he was like, have you not done this before? And I'm like, this? No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> My question was, does the scene start when the door closes? And what does a scene look like? You know, because BDSM, I'm envisioning whips and chains and crying and screaming and okay you know the catholics developed the shit all right (laughs) that's my view and i'm very educated on history so that doesn't help (laughs) i'm like cut what is about to happen did he bring up a bag with bdsm stuff on it he had a little bag of implements yeah it looked like a little tool bag but you know it's something elaborate like we've seen at these parties you know people coming in with these roller bags and there's some people with some serious shit or like John has fucking I have a, a huge you bag do. Of set of luggage. Got chains in it. You do. Ropes and floggers and yeah. chains. I'm just like, I'm ready. And then he uses his Mormon suitcase. I use my yeah. little suitcase. I was like, okay, I got the big bag. And then I got the fun bag. And the fun bag's so much smaller. Yeah. His Mormon suitcase. I see this bag and I'm like, yo, can, can you find my patience in there? Because I, I don't have it. Like, you know, the last fuck I gave, I think it's somewhere in your bag. <laughs> it's impressive. But honestly, it would have gone probably bad if he walked in with this big ass intimidating bag. You know, he wasn't trying to freak me the fuck the out. The little bag of the toys he really likes. Yeah. yeah. It's like my little bag. I got my electrical toys <laughs> and my Wittenberg wheels and my, and my candles. Yeah. Yeah. I have my fun stuff in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this is just his, um, you know, it's the basic stuff, you know, that you start off with. A yeah. flogger, a Wurttemberg wheel, a crop, you All know. Right, a blindfold. Sure, it's just basic stuff. He didn't want to scare me away, but he did want to show me. And, oh, my God, this poor man. <laughs> I remember showing up and basically telling him, all right, look, I just, I need you to do something for me. He's, he's like, okay, what? I'm like, can you just, like... I sit over there for like a minute. He's like, okay, whatever. He sits in the chair in the hotel and his bag is on the other side of the room. And I'm going through the bag. I'm like, you okay with me going through this? He goes, yeah, why, why wouldn't I be? And I'm like, okay, well, I got to check. I got to make sure everything's all right. So I'm checking his bag for weapons. Cause sure, that's logical. I'm hyper vigilant as a motherfucker. And I, he could be a next Ted Bundy. He, he could known. be. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and me, knowing my luck with the universe, I was like, that's it. I'm going to die here. I'm going to die. I have finally fallen in love with somebody, like, for real. This is my second boyfriend in my life, mind you. I have finally felt love and, like, unbelievable lust. And I'm just going to die here, chopped up in itty-bitty pieces in the shittiest part of Florida. Sorry, you can edit that. That's okay. <laughs> you can. I'm so sorry. Okay. Everybody knows Pensacola is the shittiest part it of Florida. It flowed. <laughs> it just, I was terrified. I was like, I can't die here. And now I'm only 23 and I'm here. Like... Can I just die at a pool party on the roof in California? I'm okay with that. I'll just die of really epic food poisoning, you know? Like, it was great food. I'm happy with this. You know? So. So he did the scene. He was like, what are you doing? Well, you know, I'm just curious about what you got in here, you know? I had just gotten off security in the Navy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still like, yeah. Anyway, so I'm squirrely like that. I realize it doesn't sit well with people. Um... And, you know, I'm still kind of panicking, and I think he sensed that, and he was like, 
look, just come here. I'm like, okay, I guess it starts now. What the fuck? I don't know what's going on. I'm terrified. Um, and I didn't know what to do. I kind of just stood in front of him like a total idiot. <laughs> like, okay, I don't know what to do with you. Like, I do want you. I just think I'm going to fuck this up <laughs> horribly. He's like, look, just start with my shirt. Like, start with your shirt. What the fuck does that mean? You know, when he wanted you to undress him. I know, but in my head, I wasn't thinking straight. All my education, and it just went out the fucking window. I was dumb in the moment. I'm like, shirt what? He goes, takes my hand, puts it to his buttons. He goes, just unbutton my shirt. Like, oh, oh, of course, naturally. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to be naked. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily, but... <laughs> Well, it hey, helps. if we want to have sex. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't a particularly flattering shirt. Why keep it on, you know? Like, sure. You know what I'm doing? I'm doing his buttons. And I'm so hyper-focused on it. Like, it was slow as fuck. I really felt like in a daze. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I really, I should probably just cut, call it quits here. I really need to stop. Some things can just stay fantasies. That's okay. <laughs> Some things I really believe need to stay fantasies, okay? But it's really not what happened. He kind of just drove the whole thing. And, yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, so I was under the impression prior to him, I was one of those women that can't orgasm. <laughs> I really believe that. And I'm here to tell you, I can orgasm. <laughs> I know it now, thanks to him. Yeah. I think he counted some 12 times. I was like, God, what? Who are you? And where the fuck were you my entire life? Wow. I mean, it was it was bad. It was good, but it was bad. It was bad because I was like, I'm addicted to you. I can't let you go. That's a problem. <laughs> so, um... It wasn't an extravagant scene. It was basically just had me undress him and, you know, on the real, like the flip side of this in hindsight, he, he had a problem with his ex where he wasn't really getting hard on and he thought he had erectile dysfunction, but he didn't. He found with me, he had no problem. <laughs> um, and so he was just trying to get back into sex without elaborate scenes because he thought that maybe he wasn't going to be able to perform. And it put too much pressure on him. Yeah. So it this my first scene was not, you know, like what you and I see at the parties. Yeah. It was just, hey, you know, this is a Wartenberg wheel. This is me telling you what to do a little bit. Um, you know, I'm going to put a blindfold on you, but it's okay. Your hands are free. Um, this is a flogger. I'm only going to hit you a little lightly. And it was just like, but mostly sex because we're both sex driven towards each other. Sure. Sure. And I did want to know because honestly, while he was trying to figure out if he had erectile dysfunction, I was thinking in my head, you're interesting, you're intelligent, I like you, you're hot, and you have an amazing dick. I'm never going to survive with you. I need to fuck you now while I can <laughs> because you're going to get rid of me in like a week. I was like, no, let's do it now. Now, before I regret it later when you get rid of my ass. Because I want to be able to say, well, at least I fucked that. <laughs> I, I didn't think I'd last with him. I really didn't see it, you know. So, we we got really hot and heavy with sex, okay. And, I, you know, the funny part about it is he scared the shit out of me. He scared the shit out of me because... <laughs> 
when he's done, when he climaxes, maybe this is TMI, but you know, there's fetishes out there that are hey, into this. We're doing a podcast about it, so <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, but um yeah, you know, when he it. comes, he's like me in that it happens hard, really hard, really bad, really loud. So I sound like I'm dying. <laughs> like, you know, if you ever play video games, which I don't know if you do, but you ever do, literally every character ever goes, Ugh, and they just sound like they're dying. I'm, like, that sounds like me. It sounds like you won an epic battle against the final boss. You know, I'm just like, Ugh. you know, I'm like, no, I'm good. Stop, please stop. Fuck. You know, I am very loud ordinarily. When I feel like I don't need to hold anything back. Sure. Um, and, and I sound very much like, I'm done. I'm slain completely. You won. Sure. <laughs> Here's your trophy. But he's the same way, which I wasn't prepared for. Um, I freaked out my prior partners with that and, and tried to realize I need to dial that down. I had exactly one partner that liked that about me. So wow. that was it. Him, him, he was just like, he was worse. So similarly to me, he has a full body experience when it comes to an orgasm. It's it's very obvious. <laughs> it happened, um, and uh, but he he was, in my opinion, a little bit worse. He he shakes uncontrollably. He gives like a guttural type of sound. He is he gets up and he's just. <sighs> It's something to behold, really. I need to start making some porn videos on it because it's crazy. <clears throat> I have never seen it before. Remember that movie by <laughs> Larson? <laughs> it's something to see. <laughs> Listen, he doesn't sound like that. If he sounded like that, we wouldn't even be together. Wouldn't. <laughs> no. That's awesome. I'm sorry. He was. No. I digress. I couldn't. I couldn't do it with someone like that. No. Fuck no, that. Bucky Larson. Nobody could do it with Bucky Larson. Yeah. So, he was, um... He really looked like... First of all, he was in pain, but I can't really talk because I, I kind of look like I am, too. And he was very loud. I was really worried that people in neighboring rooms are just gonna, like, complain about the noise. I was like, oh, my God, you're serious about this. Holy shit! You know? And, uh, he then started to have these really weird signs and symptoms where he would go and just pass the fuck out right after. And this isn't like pass out like, hey, oh, that was great. Yeah, you know, thanks. You know, it, like we're talking to each other and you're clearly still responsive to everything. He passed out and looked like he was going into cardiac arrest. Now, that like, that's funny now, but back then that was not funny. And me being like, you know, medical background i was like oh shit you know and i was like trying to to work on him and get him to respond it went from having a good time to me getting fucking scared real quick now him he was just you know just orgasming he didn't even know what i was doing <laughs> you know <laughs> he didn't know what i was doing but i had to react real quick because i and i remember thinking to myself oh Great, I just killed my first dumb. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> like, you fucked me so good. Yeah. And now I fucking killed him. 
yeah, like this is how I repay the first guy that actually gives me a vaginal orgasm. I just kill him, you know? That goes back to the whole license to kill thing. I fucking guess, man. <laughs> isn't it sad? I mean, I know you were only 23 at the time, but isn't it sad that you had a couple partners before that and no man could actually give you an orgasm? Isn't that sad? It's like, man, you are failing us! You know? because they don't care. It sucks. They don't, they don't really care about... Most, most of them don't. Yes. So yeah. what I found is a lot of times the orgasm isn't so much vaginal as it is mental. Mm. You've got to get in the right headspace. you got to have the right experience. Mm. Yes, it's vaginal. But if you're not in that moment with that person, it's never going to happen, no matter how much they stimulate mm. you. Yeah. You have to stimulate the mind first. You know, with my partner, I don't even have to barely touch her. And she's already so and I'm sure you know you've had a lot of experience now and you, you it's that goes back I've to, seen some of those I'm sorry <laughs> I was gonna say I've seen some of those orgasms yeah that, that does go back to why I'm not quite so quick to play with other people because I'm also assessing can I have that mental connection with you because it is like like you said it's mental I can't <laughs> I don't know about other people, but I can't orgasm if I'm not mentally there. Right. You know, it's got to be, be there. So, tell us, what was the grand finale? You thought he was dead. I really I like, thought I killed my first dom. I was like, great, wonderful. I just fucked this up, too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Stupid. I was like, you know, I was trying to, like, I was like, okay, good. He's breathing. That's a good sign. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a weird call to EMS. <laughs> Well, you know, it honestly. Sex to the ER. <laughs> yeah, keep in mind, I was qualified at the time. I could have resuscitated him oh, if, I, if I needed to. So I wasn't gonna like if if he was breathing, I wasn't gonna call EMS. But you know, I really did believe. Like, yeah, he wasn't really responding, but he was breathing. I'm like, this is strange. I've never seen this before. I was like. I don't know if this is a lifestyle thing or if it's because it's him. You were really naive. I was. I was, you know. I mean, I had, like I said, I had no mentors. I had, uh, like, no priming at all. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? You know, where is the overlap here? So it became a thing. I went and got a washcloth and water. And I started to just dab his, his, his face, his forehead, and, you know, a little bit on his chest. And I'm trying to get him to cool down. And he's just doing him. You know, like, this has happened multiple times in his life. It's normal. He's fine. He had a great time. And to him, he thought this was, like, romantic. That I was, like, basically just uh, fawning over him like that. He thought it was one of the most submissive things I did that entire night. So it became a thing. I do it. Most often now, after he does, like, after oh, climaxes, wow. yeah. You give him aftercare. Yeah! That's the funny thing about it. We have that joke, actually. It's like, funny. <clears throat> like, what is this shit thing about the sub needing aftercare? The dom sometimes eats aftercare. You know, mine does all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, no, you know what I find, I thought that was interesting, is that everything you thought was romantic at the time wasn't you know, to him and vice versa. We yeah. Talking about the whole Applebee's thing. That is an interesting dichotomy it really and it's is. never been pointed out to me before. Yeah, yeah. That, that's really interesting. But ultimately, if you, if you look back to me, it's romantic. Hmm. 
you know, whether or not, you know, the intentions behind it mm. were different, it was still, it, it, to me, it's romantic. The whole thing is. Yeah, I mean, you can never know a person's intent until they communicate it to you. Yeah. Um, I fully believe had it not been communicated to me, yeah, I would have thought, wow, he's just being sweet and romantic. You yeah. know, I mean, it wouldn't have made a difference to me. It happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, you know, he's a caring person. I'm a caring person. We're both very careful and... Um, you know, to me, I think when you're mindful in your play, that's sexy. Yeah. It doesn't need to be necessarily romantic. It can be hot. Yeah. You know. Without dying. Right. Without dying. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm really not into dead bodies, so probably don't die. You know? Well, I think that's a good place to leave it, right? (laughs) You made her come 12 times. She might have fucked that dick one more time, even if it was dead. Now, don't you start that. You know that'll be on the 10 o'clock news around here. Did you guys know she's a necrophiliac? Oh my god, we've talked about it. We've talked about it. Listen, I'm not into that shit. I'm not into that shit. That's funny. Well, that's good. Okay, John. All right, it's that time. We learned the first scene from a real sub. Thanks, Kit. So, until next time. Make all of your, I'm going to come 12 times the first experience I have, fantasies, become realities. <laughs> <laughs>